Hi, everyone. Welcome to the True Crime Podcast. I am your host, Renette, and today's going to be a bit different. For this episode, I'm having my cousin Bree join me. Bree. <laughs> um, Arena's and I will be recording her next case in the next couple of days, but today I'm here with Bree. Another thing that's going to be a bit different is we're going to be talking about an active San Diego case. The trial just began in the Vista courthouse, and so we're going to talk a bit about it. All right, Bree, so you and I both looked up the case, right? Yes. So I follow this like account on Instagram, mm-hmm. and they post like stupid shit it's like fights and stuff in san diego but they posted this case and it had the trial just started so it was jade jinks who is accused of drugging and suffocating and strangling her stepfather for Mm -hmm. finding she found like nude photos of herself on his computer right and that's all it had as a head title so that i was like all right we need to do this yeah we need to look into (laughs) this thing because this is crazy that's your jam yeah yeah, yeah. weird shit yeah Okay, so you're the one that actually told me about this. I looked into it. Since it's an active case, there wasn't too much info that we can get on it, right? So from what I was able to find, uh, Jade Jenks. So she was a 39-year-old Solana Beach woman accused, well, like you said, accused of killing her former stepdad, Thomas, who was 64 years old after she found the new photos of herself on his computer. So she was an interior designer, and she had her own company called Jade Jinks Design. On her website, she writes saying, Jade absolutely loves helping making homes beautiful and understands how scary it can be trying to design a space on your own. You can count on Jade to hold your hand and make your project a fun one. Her words, not mine. <laughs> already makes her sound crazy exactly. like, no. like the, it's the scary like i would have probably used a different word yeah, I'm like mm, i don't know <laughs> if i'm gonna trust this one exactly um on her about me like on her website she says that she comes from a family of um builder remodelers and artists and she also said that she started working with her father on remodeling projects in her teens, and she discovered a natural creative talent for designing and decorating interior spaces. So her biological father, Steve, he's South African. He had his own construction company called Jinx Construction. And I don't think it's open anymore. Like there's no activity on their Facebook page. Okay. And then I click like on the company website and it said, forbidden or something like that so it's like okay maybe he's retired and yeah you know done doing the whole construction thing jade appeared to have a very close relationship with her father steve i found her facebook and there were a lot of photos over the years right up until the time that the crime took place that she posted with her dad and she would write sweet words about him saying you know just what a great father he was And I did uh, also see on her Facebook that she had like a great taste in music, at least to me. She listened to Tiger Army, NWA, The Pixies, Jane's Addiction. She seemed well-traveled. She posted a lot of traveling pics in Europe, Spain, uh, places in Mexico. Uh, She worked out a lot. She kept fit. And she had a cute little black dog named Betty. Yeah, she had like a good little life before all this. Yeah, at least that's what it looked like. (laughs) Yeah. Because we know things can be very different from what it appears to be on social media. Yeah, definitely. So when Jade was 11 years old, her mom and her biological father were divorced. Yeah. 
And when Jade was 11 years old, her mom, Jenny, married the man Thomas Merriman Mm -hmm. in 1995. Jade was 11. Her mom was 36 at the time, and Thomas was 39. Online records showed that there were multiple instances of domestic abuse in the marriage. Like, I know you had seen that, you said. Um, between 2002 and 2008. And there was like multiple occasions that they kept trying to file for divorce. Yeah. And then it didn't actually happen until 2008. Yeah. They also had a son together that I saw. Yeah. yeah. A guy named Cash. Yeah. I looked into like his Facebook. Yeah. Did he look into yeah. his? I think he had a kid from a previous relationship mm-hmm. too. There was um court documents where Thomas alleges that on Christmas Day in the year 2000, so that means he was still married to Jade's mom at the time, mm-hmm. his wife Jenny threw all of Jade's belongings off of the second floor balcony of their home into the parking lot. Oh, shit. He said that she was getting increasingly violent, verbally abusive, and he said that she was just like ransacking the house and she was delusional. He also accused her of possibly using crystal meth. And he did say that she was an alcoholic. He said that she was smashing things, slamming doors, punching holes in the walls. And he said that she sleeps all day and stays up all night. So like Merry Christmas, what a great, yeah. <laughs> wonderful Christmas yeah. day they're having. Yeah. Um, it seems like mania or something. Like some yeah. Episode. I think so. And, you know, Jenny, the wife, did respond to the accusation, and it seems like she kind of admitted to it because she never denied not doing any of those things, but she did say that she suffers from depression, mm. but she said she was under the care of a therapist and a psychiatrist. She also did say that she caught her husband using, okay, this was weird to me. This is her words, okay? Quotations. I caught my husband using meth in the garage and in an awkward position with Jade, my daughter. From a previous relationship. She claimed. Now this is what she's claiming. I'm not saying that these are facts. Right. She claimed that Jade used heroin. And she says that she told Jade. That she could live with them at home. If she got sober. But she said when she found the drug paraphernalia. In the house. That's when she just like went crazy and ballistic. And threw all her stuff out. Okay that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But it just made me wonder like what awkward position did she find Jade in with her husband? Because I think at that time she would have been 20 or 21. Yeah. And she's like a pretty girl. She's gorgeous. Older man, you know, he might. Yeah. That's the awkward wording isn't the best. Yeah. Right. Who knows what that means? I know. Yeah. So I just thought that was super weird. Well, Um, then they're also saying like, crystal meth is in the house heroin's in the house so it just right. like is a bad mix of things going on it is and yeah. when i was looking i know we should never judge somebody based off of their looks but i when i seen their photos online i was like god i would never think yeah well like i said i was like oh she seems like she has a pretty good life and then you read all this about them so yeah you never know yeah, yeah. thomas also accused his wife of lunging at him with a stun gun and he said that she kept a loaded shotgun in the house. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so those statements are all found, like, on court files. Yeah. Once their divorce was finalized, Jenny did get a five-year restraining order against Thomas in 2017. But I did read that eventually with time that the two were able to be civil and they actually got along pretty well. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jade had been arrested multiple times for drug charges and possession of stolen goods. In 2007, Jade was charged with having stolen IDs of more than 10 different people. Apparently, she took them during burglary incidents. Something crazy is in 1994, the year before Thomas married Jenny, he was accused of raping a woman named Jacqueline. Thomas testified at his own trial, and the jury said that he wasn't guilty of the felony rape charge, but they did find him guilty of a lesser offense of battery. When that happened, Thomas was 38 years old, and he served 90 days in jail for that conviction. And then the woman, Jacqueline, that accused him, yeah. she filed a civil lawsuit against him, and she won $50,000. Oh, damn. So clearly, something happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump into Thomas Merriman, who was the stepfather of Jade. Mm-hmm. So he was 64 at the time of the crime, and um, he was a co-founder of Butterfly Farms with his friend Tom Flanagan. And so it's a farm in Encinitas, and they do like a bunch of research and rehabilitation for butterflies, essentially. Oh, how cute! So he's a little butterfly man. Yeah, yeah. So he. I mean, if there's anyone that should get a butterfly tattoo, yeah, because they're so cheesy. To, do you have one? I have one. You oh, asshole. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to let her go with this. Let's see what she's going to say. Except for you, of yeah, course. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> then he's deserving I know, it. it's basic, it's okay. <laughs> hey, well, I have a cross that was meant to intend, you know, my belief in God, and the person put it the wrong way, and it looks like an upside-down cross. Very fitting for you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a tramp stamp. Oh. But I will say... And you're judging. <laughs> I will say I got it before they were called tramp stamps mm. and it's the, the Depeche Mode violator. It rose. started because of you. They started calling it tramp stamps after they saw yours. <laughs> <Fuck> you, <ho. laughs> so anyways, as I was saying, so that's just kind of the background of Thomas Merriman. There's mixed reports saying that Jade lived with him at the time. Mm-hmm. They still remained very close after the divorce, but I saw on some things that she lived with him, which seems a little sketch like right. at age 39 you're living with your stepfather who right. divorced your mom years ago and there's accounts of domestic abuse possibly some other stuff you know so right. just something to keep in, like in account you know weird yeah yeah so let's get to the crime on december 30th 2020 jade picked up thomas from a care facility he had fallen in their like driveway the day before mm-hmm. he was an older man you know when you fall it's like it's a lot. So he there's pictures of him actually. He has like bruises and stuff. Oh wow. So he was at a re- rehabilitation center. So before that, she went to go pick him up. She was actually tidying up around um his apartment mm. or his house and she said that she bumped into his computer and you know how sometimes you like bump a mouse or something and the screensaver comes yeah. up. So she sees a nude photo of herself that was taken a decade ago. Fuck. Yeah. So just like take that into account, like someone that you've known since the age of 11 has this my heart would drop photo of you. Yeah. Yeah. She goes to pick him up. They say that there's like some also some other photos on there that he had. Of um, her? Yes. So these were photos that were taken 10 years ago willingly with her and her boyfriend. Okay. But they're not exactly sure how he got them. So we don't know, like, did someone send these to him? Did he... Get them from Why her? would yeah, the ex-boyfriend send it to her stepdad? Yeah, I know. Unless she might have left something like a computer on since she lived with him and he took them yeah. from her computer. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. 
The prosecutors say that this is when she begins to plot his death, essentially. And she was decided to make it look like an overdose when he came home. Like I said, he came from a rehabilitation center. He had just gotten hurt, came home with a bunch of prescription drugs. Oh, yeah. Had all these painkillers, sleeping pills, etc. As the day progressed, there's text evidence of what Jade was possibly doing. Of course, this is allegedly because right. the case is still ongoing. Right. These entail details of exactly what she was doing. So, for example, one of the text messages, I just dosed the hell out of him. There's another, he's waking up. I don't want to be the one to do this. A third, I can't carry him alone and I can't keep a kicking body in my trunk. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) The fourth one, I'm about to club him on the head as he is waking up. And the last is, I'm not strong enough. He's very aware that I'm on my own. Wow. Yeah. Later that day, Jade calls her friend Adam for help. And he went to the home on New Year's Eve and he grew uneasy when she asked him to help her move the body. So it was actually in the back of her forerunner, mm-hmm. and she wanted them to move it somewhere onto the property. Originally, when Jade called him, she told him that she needed help getting Thomas home because he was high on his pills. Mm-hmm. But when Adam showed up, she confessed exactly what happened. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The lead detective in the case, which is Lisa Brannon, said in court this week, Miss Jenks told Mr. Simplack, which is Adam's last name, mm-hmm. um, that she killed her stepfather as she said, I suffocated him with a bag and I choked him. She also said that she gave him a bunch of drugs. Wow. So this is coming from Adam's mouth. Right. Like he's a witness on the witness stand. Yeah. The detective continued. She wanted this help with getting the body out of her car. She wanted to take her stepfather to his home and put him in his bed. She wanted to make it look like he overdosed in bed and he had died in his bed. Wow. Adam ultimately told her that he could not help her. He said, I have a son to raise. The pair apparently shared a cigarette after that Mm. and kissed before he left. And then Adam actually went and called the authorities the next day, which is New Year's Day of 2021, to report and say what had happened. Mm -hmm. This prompted the deputies to start looking for Thomas Merriman. They showed up at Thomas's house. A search for Thomas occurred. Nothing turned up and he was missing. They were about to leave, actually, and they noticed a large pile of trash and boxes and blankets in the driveway. Mm Mm-hmm. When they started to move those boxes around underneath it, they found Thomas's body. Shit. And that's where this ends. Was she there when they did the search? So I don't know. Um, I'm assuming because someone had to let them into the property. Yeah. When were those text messages that she was sending to that guy, Adam, or whatever friends? So that was New Year's Eve. When did she find those nude photos? It was the same day he injured himself and was in that. Okay, so this is the weird part. Yeah. For the most part, what I found is that she's saying that she found them that morning mm-hmm. that she was going to go pick up Thomas because uh-huh. she was tidying up the place so that he would be fine because he had only fallen the day before that. He fell on yeah. the 30th. She was picking him up on the 31st. Murder occurred on the 31st. Yeah. She's saying that that's when she found the photos. But then there's two other people who came forward who are friends of hers and said that she called them the day that he fell. And had told them that she found photos of herself nude on his computer. Mm. So that timeline doesn't really work. Right. Because she already knew before she was even cleaning up. Right. Before he was even hurt. Like that doesn't that doesn't make sense, right? No. So she knew about this. She told them that it was kind of like she was disturbed by it, but she had no plans to like act out on revenge or anything. 
But as far as the two stories that are coming forward, it just doesn't make sense timeline-wise. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And then if you take into account, like what you said earlier about the awkward sitting with her, the fact that they live together at these ages and she seems successful. Right. It's, there's just a lot of things to the story that are just kind of eerie and just, it's kind of sketchy. Like there has to be more to it, you know? So I wonder if he had her like on his life insurance maybe, or. I mean, I don't know, because like we're saying, like if this is exactly what happened, why would she like take out the person who's possibly supporting her financially? Right. So, I mean, the life insurance makes sense, but if she didn't, like, that's, you're done. You're screwed after that. Well, I mean, maybe it was funding her lifestyle. Maybe, because clearly, even after that awkward incident where the mom caught them in the garage doing, allegedly doing crystal meth together or whatever it was, and she still continued to be around him, what the hell? Yeah. And then, I mean, from like, a legal standpoint how long did she know that these photos existed to when she decided to why do i feel like this even much longer yeah i feel like she's known about these photos yeah weeks maybe even months before so it's like it's a planned at this point and why in the hell would he have it just so obvious like as a screensaver yeah that didn't uh, even have a password protected anything like that yeah, because people are nosy. Like, he should know, like, okay, I better make sure whatever it is, if I don't want anything to be seen by Jade or anybody else, let me at least put, you know, a password on my laptop, something like yeah, that. Yeah, put it in a folder. Right. Not somewhere where you just put it on your screensaver and someone taps it and it comes up. That just So it's like, really is that weird. also the truth, too? Yeah. Or something just, seems really fishy about that. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems odd. So there's another part to the story. Mm -hmm. It kind of doesn't have anything to do with it, but it also does. Mm -hmm. You know how he had that butterfly farm years ago. In 2019, a butterfly farm employee, Sabrina Glukowski, was murdered by her boyfriend, Henry Simon Cohen, at their home. So two years before. Yes. Oh, my God. And Cohen was sentenced to life in prison for the crime in November of 2021. So, you know, just kind of eerie at first. But... Tom Flanagan, who was Thomas's friend and also the co-founder of this farm, came forward and said, the irony is not lost here. Somebody came in and did a donation towards Sabrina, ironically, on Friday, which is the same day that apparently Thomas's body was found. The fuck? That is so... Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. That's weird. So it's just... I don't know. There's some. There's so much more going on here, and there we're is. we're gonna find out through the trial. So the trial is ongoing. Jade has come forward and pled not guilty. She pled not guilty, even though she sent those text messages out. Like, what is what is her excuse going to be? Yeah, you know, with those text messages going on. Yeah. So defense claims that, I mean, but Casey Anthony's ass got oh, away with true. shit. Yeah, and so. she's got a whole lot of documentary money. now. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah. So someone's believing her. <laughs> so maybe she'll get lucky with this one. Her defense claims that Thomas was an alcoholic who was addicted to pills, mm-hmm. and this was him creating his own concoction of pills and alcohol, which eventually led to his death. Just and like so she why told did he Adam, end up like under a pile of boxes and what else? Whatever exactly. else it was. Yeah, her original plan that she told Adam about getting him into bed would have worked perfectly with this, right? But finding him under the pile of boxes just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Yeah, her attorney claims that the medical examiner will 
not tell you that it was a strangulation because remember how we said in the beginning that they're saying suffocation strangulation and drugging they're saying that the science doesn't support the strangulation and actually the official cause of death was acute intoxication by ambien so there is nothing yeah so there's nothing about strangulation well then why would they originally say that i don't know so sheets but didn't she say she put like a a bag over his head or something so she told this adam came forward and said that that she suffocated him Mm -hmm. with the plastic bag but it's not in the medical examiner's report whatsoever. Prosecutors are saying, obviously, a completely different story. They argue that Jade strangled and suffocated. So they're sticking with that story. Mm-hmm. Thomas with the plastic bag on New Year's Eve of 2020. After she stumbled upon her racy photos on his computer while cleaning his bedroom following his hospitalization for the fall. So again, that falls into the timeline that we said earlier. Right. After the fall, even right. though... Two other people came forward and said she found them earlier. Yeah. Right now she's out on $1 million bail, right? Yes. Fuck. Yeah. I was looking through her Facebook and I was looking at her biological mom's Facebook. I was looking at biological fathers and they seem like they're a very well-to-do family. Oh, absolutely. You know, just, I mean, I was just looking at everything in the background. Like when they posted at their homes, people's homes, it just seems like, you know, um, they're a very well-to-do family. I'm sure that her legal defense is probably a very good team. Oh, definitely. And I don't know, like everyone here usually is from San Diego. They kind of know the areas. This is in Solana Beach. Right. We all know that that's not That should happen here community. in Chula Vista. <laughs> <laughs> They're well off over there. You right. got to have some money to be in that area. Right. Man, so I'm so like. I'm so curious to see what's going to come out. Yeah, definitely. So the trial, it says that the trial is going to continue each weekday for the next two weeks Mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll get a verdict. Yeah. But who knows how this is going to go? I'm sure more information is going to come out. More witnesses are going to come forward. Right. So we're just at the start of this investigation. I mean, everything looked like she had a perfect life online, but all of ours, right? Like I usually don't post what I'm going through sadness or you know I, oh, yeah. I usually don't post that stuff you post so people don't think you sit at home and be sad all day exactly and read about true crime 24 7 <laughs> exactly <laughs> right but um but then like you know looking into it and seeing that like you know her while well, she came from a broken home with her mom and dad and then her mom and her stepdad had a toxic marriage mm-hmm. obviously fought a lot in front of her but that whole her being in the garage with him doing crystal meth, it just something there is just not right. Yeah. And I don't understand like, you know, and, and then he a year before he got married, he was accused of rape. And although he was not convicted of rape, it was he was convicted of the lesser offense of um, what was it? The battery. Yeah. Battery. Yeah. Um, fuck, like there's going to be some, some stuff that's going to come out, I think. Yeah, definitely. The relationship was just odd. And for her, like, I think it's um, it's pretty sickening knowing that a stepfather who knew you since you were a child, only 11 years old, would keep nude photos of you on his computer. So I understand why she'd be, like, disgusted, outraged, um, horrified, you know, once she found that out. Yeah. But to go to such an extreme and, like, kill over it, it just doesn't, it doesn't quite fit. It feels like there should be more to the story. Maybe she had a possible history of like trauma and abuse that she like 
that she was forced to like relive when she discovered that her dad had our stepdad had the nude photos of her. You know, I feel for her, but I just wish she destroyed the laptop. But before she destroyed it, took photos to have proof of what he had on it. Sent that proof to all the butterfly farm people, <laughs> like sent it to everywhere, posted it all over social media. She killed him, but she ended up destroying her life, too. Yeah. Because even let's say she gets off with it. But to be known like. As that person. As that person. And she has those text messages. Those text messages right. are not going to help her. No, it should that. That shows that it was premeditated. Um, she texted her friends with her intentions. So I don't know. I, I mean, I imagine she's going to go away for a while. But then I think of Casey Anthony, like I said, O.J. Simpson. You know, there there were a lot of moments where she could have chosen a less um, violent form of vengeance. Mm-hmm. It was clearly a piece of shit, but you can't just go and kill people. Yeah. Like they say that all of us are capable of murdering somebody. I don't know if I'd like really be able to do it somebody did some shit against me but i do feel someone messed with like david or aiden then i feel like i might be capable so or you better watch yourself and respect my boys all right i'm gonna use this against you in trial one day (laughs) (laughs) but i'm just really curious to see what's gonna happen yeah and i wish we could have gotten more info but there wasn't much out there so we can continue like once there's more info that comes out and update people with yeah. what's going on. And definitely once the trial's over. I wonder where she's staying. You know. Probably with her mom. I hope not in that house. Right. Well, no, not in that house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it was, did he own it? Did he rent it? Who I don't knows? know. Yeah. But the mom, um, when I went across her Facebook, like, you know, um, I noticed she, she looked like a, actually, she looked really cool, like a really cool older woman. She yeah. had on all this, like, cool, like, uh, statement like bold rings and you know stone necklaces and stuff like that maybe she's staying there yeah. i don't know so that was the case ongoing case of jade jinks is it bad to say i hope that we find out some crazy stuff no definitely i feel like something has to come forward here mm-hmm. so that's why we're talking about it exactly yeah Thank you, everyone, for listening to the True Crime Podcast. As updates come up on this case, then we will pop back on and give you guys updates. Thanks for joining me, Bree. Thanks. Bye. Bye.